0: Welcome to Car Wash, the podcast, your source for real stories and real business insights from the experts, both in and out of the car wash industry. So put it in neutral, feed off the brakes, and take your hands off the steering wheel, because here we go. Here is your guide on this journey. David Begin of Begin Insights. Hello, Car Wash Nation. Thanks for listening to this episode of Car Wash the Podcast. This is a continuation of a conversation I had with Sarah Ross. So if you want to catch the beginning of it, go ahead and listen to part one. But this is the second half of the conversation with Sarah Ross, Chief Vitality Officer at Brainant. You know, what's interesting is you were saying, I was thinking most of these CEOs of big companies have been groomed over years to become a CEO, so they're trained, yeah. they're groomed, they've been vetted, yeah. and then they become a CEO. When, like, with me as a small business owner, when I decided to be a small business owner, <laughs> there wasn't any qualifications. Yeah, as a small business owner. <laughs> but but yeah, you know, we're we're not dealing with the as large a numbers, but we're dealing with the same issues. Absolutely. And so there's there's a whole raft of people out there that are not really trained to be leaders, and they're yeah. not trained to be owners, and you know i was a really bad when i was a car wash owner i i've you now told this on my podcast i felt like i was a really bad owner for many many years and only to the last 2 or 3 or 4 years did i start figuring out how to be a good owner and how to be a good leader and you know there's so many people out there that just are not equipped
1: it's it's so incredibly it's so incredibly true and i mean there's lots of small companies that that like just smaller companies that they just do, you know they don't go to courses. But I think what's really powerful is when usually, usually people recognize that they've got to change or, or find a way to be better at, at their job for two reasons. Either um, they just, they, there's a self-awareness there that, and they want to do it, it better, or things just go so badly that it's like, obviously the way you're doing things is not working. And it's, it's more stressful to be a bad leader than it is to be a good leader. Like it's usually one of those two things. And, and what is really powerful is, uh, you know, every, I would, I'm not a betting person, but I would bet everybody has bought something that has a computer and a credit card has bought something off of Amazon at some point. So every single, I always say Mm -hmm. every single person knows how to search for something. So what I think is powerful is there, I mean, even right now, I feel like I'm, I'm taking this as a student. You've got every single thought leader sitting at home, jumping in front of a camera, giving you like, you've got Simon Sinek and Brene Brown talking to you every day. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You never get that. They're too busy doing things, but, but actually also watching people that you don't necessarily have to go to a leadership development course. Like if you just simply put your fingers on the keyboard and you imagine you are on Amazon, it's like, how do I be a good leader? There is so much information available to people. And I, I love when I work with associations because then it gives me the chance to work with smaller business owners. And just, you know, when they're like, okay, here's what I've been reading, here's what I've been learning. I, there's something about that that just is like the core of why I do what I do. Because it's like in people, yeah. there is this innate, we want to do meaningful we want to do meaningful work and we want to create meaningful relationships. And, and you don't have to be a big company to learn how to do that. You just have to be willing to put your fingers on the keyboard. You yeah, yeah. have to go out and learn, but you know, there certainly
0: is benefit to getting oh, a coach. Sure. I mean, I got a car wash operations coach probably in the middle of that process who's sort of really helping me change my mindset and change the way I thought. But you know, there, there, the value, there's so much information out there, but value of having a coach that you can go talk to. And I'm, I'm, I also do a little coaching Sarah too, but I'm, you know, to be able to talk to somebody, get, get perspective. Um, it just, it makes it, it, it accelerates your process of being, of being able to improve yourself. I
1: i couldn't, if I had a, you know, there's a lot of, a lot of things that aren't working well in our world. I, so please know that this is not to negate any of that. With that being said, if if I had a magic wand and everybody could have a coach, I, I so many of our challenges of not being able to hear one another and I, like we th- that ability to have somebody call us, challenge our perspectives, call us up to greatness, you know, I uh, it's it doesn't matter what your what place you are in your career. It is, it is powerful. Now I'm biased because I do coaching, but I literally had a call with uh, a coach this morning and and she just, you know, she said something back to me and I was like, oh my gosh, I do this work. How could I not see that? But, that, but that's the point. Like that's, that's yeah. the thing. We, we are, my mom was an artist and she, um, so she would always use, you know, quotes and different things. And, and I'm, I, if you can't tell, research and science is, is my background. So when I was young, I'd be like, just tell me, just tell me, what are you trying to tell me? But, but now I, you know, and, and especially not having her here, I've got this, just this, oh, toolbox of, uh, of gems to help me. And, and one that has always stayed with me, she used to say, it's impossible to paint a picture when you're standing in the frame, being an artist. That's great, And it's like, cause the, yeah. all you see is a mesh of, of, of colors. But when you stand back, you see how the colors come together. You see what's missing, you see what's there, you see what's balanced, you see what's unbalanced. And, and that has been a philosophy that has kind of driven the work that I do just to acknowledge we're not actually great at doing that. And that's not, that's not saying there's something wrong with us. That's just the design of our brain. And, and there's something so powerful to have somebody to do that. I I agree with you. I, I think I always say it just, Catalyzes any learning you're going to do, and so learning is always hard. So if you can do the same, (laughs) five years worth of learning, and and you know falling down and doing it wrong and learning the hard way, and you can move that into like a year and a half, I don't know. uh, You know, I'm all about getting out of my comfort zone, but I'd rather get the hurt over quicker if that's possible.
0: Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. Yeah, I'm I'm probably accused of having way too many coaches, but I'm 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 a big believer (laughs) in in getting other people to to kind of help you. I've got a personal trainer, somebody helping me with nutrition. I've got a guy helping me with my cycling. I've got a personal coach. I, I,
1: so we're talking the same language. So I won't even okay. say anything other than like, I <laughs> well, think good. that seems totally normal.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Why not? Why not? Yeah. So I, I, I love coaching. I think there's it, it, it so much benefit from it. Yep. Um, so I want to hear about your program yeah. called leadership. Yeah. Can you, Give us some ideas on that. I think that's, that's a super exciting idea.
1: Well, it, so it it builds on everything we were kind of been, we've been talking about. So I I mentioned, I, you know, I, I worked and I was focused on emotional intelligence. So it's really, I always think about leadership that like, Obviously, you need to have the skills of leadership. Like that, like you running um, being a car wash owner. There's certain skills you needed to have to actually make sure that you know accounting is is in place and and you're ordering the right things. And and you know, there's a hiring process. There's elements of of skills that need to be there. And I think too, and I will always even though a ton of research has been done and and over the last decade, kind of taking the researchers out of the lab and them sharing their information, you know you've got Adam Grants and Brene Browns and people who mm-hmm. are you know sharing information has been powerful. but I, this is a you know a long way to a short question, but you've seen over the last like twenty years there's this acceptance that that idea of emotional intelligence matters like coming out of this pandemic, the other side of this, I don't think I'll ever have to try to convince anyone that emotional intelligence is absolutely critical to leadership. I I think we are like, yes, you, you need to be able to do that. And, and I think that's been really powerful there. It like, but actually dealing with people, is difficult. Like people are difficult and, and really taking on and connecting with emotions, even though you keep your experiences separate there, it, that is labor intensive. It is emotionally taxing for people it, to deny that would, would be in a disservice to, to the work of leadership. And so leaders, this idea of leadership vitality came that the vit- vitality piece is just kind of like a, that next element of Leaders actually using strategies to sustainably manage the stress that they are under. And that involves, you know, self care and recovery practices. Like that piece, we, I just so strongly feel, and especially now, like part of our jobs now require us to be healthy. Like we can't, before this, if you had a cold, maybe you took a day off. Maybe Mm -hmm. the craziest, if you had a flu, you took three days off. But even if you were, still coughing away, <laughs> annoying all of your coworkers. It's like, but you obviously went back into work because you go to work sick. Like that's just yeah. what we did. That is not the case now. Like, it, like if there's you know, one thing that comes out of this, like you, we actually, I think about from traveling, like I must take care of my health because there's a chance I can get to an airport and they can just turn me around. My job is to be healthy. So the vitality piece really is, is now we have to expand that definition to include how we take care of ourselves because it's not just how we, you know, from a leadership perspective, it's not just how the leader takes care of themselves. That sets a precedence for how the organizational health is going to be perceived. And so it's, it's not like this is, you know, some unknown idea that nobody's thought about, but I, the, vitality is i think so many of us are tired so many leaders are exhausted and think mm-hmm. you know that's the non-negotiable price of success and they feel stuck they feel like there's not another way but it, it we also don't necessarily know how to replenish that energy in a really effective way and so if we kind of start instead of trying to not be exhausted if you actually look up the definition of vitality it's the power giving continuance to life. Like it's it's the aliveness factor, but it's the Mm -hmm. second piece that I love. It says, but it must be nourished in order to be sustained. And I think that there is such a powerful understanding of the impact of leadership. And if you want to do great leadership in sustainable ways and create environments where other people can bring their best to the table without everybody burning themselves out and sacrificing their life, this, we have to expand that definition. And, and that's what became leadership vitality.
0: Yeah. That's tremendous. That's great. Yeah. I mean, of all people in an organization, the leadership needs to be healthy.
1: Oh, and of all people. Uh, it's, it's couldn't for, I mean, that alone could be, you know, our entire podcast. And and I would just say, if, if I can make this one one observation and or share an observation, that's what that's what shifted me to be like, I need to expand this because I, you know, at my last organization, we studied what makes an exceptional leader. That's what we study. But then it it what what became really clear is not all exceptional leaders, not all great leaders are the same. There, I like there are some that are are working really hard but are experiencing immense amounts of leadership fatigue like are just so tired and then Mm -hmm. i was like but then who's this other group i call them the bright spots right like they're the ones that that shine a light and just kind of they they have this contagious positive contagious effect that that lights up people around them then there was this other group that was really good but but they were doing something different and and you know what was that and and how do we and and how do we kind of teach people how to do that more effectively and shift the beliefs of leaders that it, you, we can't just keep going in the, you know, do as I say, not as I do. So, yeah. uh, you know, I challenge leaders all the time. If you send an email at 11 o'clock at night and you say, you don't need to answer this, you just, just that. Somebody's going to answer it. And as soon as yeah. one person answers it, somebody else is going to answer it. So, uh, you know, I work with leaders and, and they will get feedback that they're, inauthentic or they lack integrity and it is not heartbreaking. I will put it this way without being dramatic, soul crushing. Oh yeah. Some leaders yeah. and they're like, I'm just trying to help. I'm just trying to be there. And it's like, okay, then, then the belief that you need to sacrifice yourself in order to get things done, you, you need to recognize that that is what people will emulate. And if you say you want different for other people, but you hold yourself as the exception, that belief shift is, is the biggest roadblock to, to our health and organizational health. But I, but we're, but you know, but we're chipping away at it. Like I, I truly see shifts and, and this, you know, I would, I hate that it came from a pandemic, but I truly believe it, it, it is starting to move the needle in a way that, that if we can remember these lessons, we'll be positive to build momentum coming out of this.
0: Yeah, I would agree. If we can, you know, the, the operative word there is if we can remember yes. these lessons. You know, yes. We don't go back to the way it was in three years or five years because we can. That's 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 what I'm hoping, hoping didn't happen. But, you know, I, I was thinking about, as you were saying that you watch the TV series, Mad Men, you know, yeah. and you think about how they worked <laughs> in that corporate environment and how totally unhealthy that was. And I think about, you know, even my dad, you know, worked himself to death literally and died in his mid forties from a heart attack because he didn't take care of himself. He didn't, didn't eat right. He smoked too much. He worked too much. He never exercised. And, you know, the thing I like about what's happening is I think we're sort of making a, you know, we're making a turn in corporate America that, you know, it's not a badge of honor to work 12 and 14 hours a day anymore. And if you're doing that, you're doing something wrong. And, so I, I like the fact that we're starting and I love that that the young people nowadays are really pushing the fact that they want a balanced life. They're not gonna dedicate themselves to their corporation. They want a, a life outside the corporation and it's forcing the corporations to make those changes. Yeah.
1: And look at their beliefs around it. Uh, it yeah. It's it's one of those, it's so fascinating. I, I will work with an organization that says that, you know, um, health and work-life balance is important. And then Then, and then in the next breath, but this, you know, those young people are so entitled and it's like, oh, they want to, they want to, you know, they want a promotion. It's like, oh no, but they don't want to work. You know, they don't want to be working on the weekends. And it's like, just (laughs) like, that's, that's the stuff that is requiring, you know, must really look at what are our genuine, it's because we can say that we, lo- that, that we have these mission statements and here's our values, but, and the value of a coach, there you go. We go right to yeah. really dig into, do you believe that? Do you believe yeah. that? Because we all want people to be healthy until we need them. Like I, I, I will, here's a very short example that stopped me in my tracks and you will appreciate why this story. I was one of the last times I was at the airport, um, in Canada, we go through us customs on the Canadian side. Mm -hmm. It was in like our airport can be busy, but this was just beyond busy, um, I am a trusted traveler, global access and entry. So mm-hmm. usually it's pretty quick. And, and I mean, I'm, this was like an hour and so later when usually I'm, I'm sitting in a lounge by you know, an hour later, but um, it was really, really busy. And, and just as I was getting ready to go through the security and you know, unpack my bag and do all of that, one of the agents came over and, and said to the other agent, um, I need to take my break. And, and I literally rolled my eyes. And I remember thinking, like, look at how busy it is. And so the other person said, um, well, can you just wait? And the person responded and said, I didn't take my break this morning and I was supposed to be off today. And I still caught myself like, well, look at how busy it is. Like, just just stay. And it was one of those, like, <laughs> I remember because somebody actually asked for my boarding pass and I, like just, I was in the zone where I was like, ah. <gasps> this is what I do. This is what I train. And my default was sacrifice yourself for others. Yeah. And, and I think that that, those are the things that, you know, it's going to take time and those things are there. This person had done all of that. And they just maybe really needed a break. Like they they're human beings, they're not computers. And it, and I just it really was one of those powerful things that it just challenges me to keep checking in. And and as long and I think the awareness of where those beliefs are, uh, when we know that, then we can challenge them. And the more we challenge them, the more we can change those.
0: Yeah, that's a great story. That's that's a great example of that. I was thinking about when I started my corporate career. In the the mid to late 80s, software was really taken off. Mm. And, you know, it reminded me of the Wolf of Wall Street, if you've ever seen that movie. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. It was that crazy environment. But we were required to sacrifice and you got judged and you got kudos for how much you sacrificed. And I look back at that and I'm going, man, I wish I could have done that differently. I know. And I don't know if I could have or not, but I'm glad that maybe my kids will look at their jobs a little differently and not do what I did. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah. So give us a few of the components of the vitality program so when you're working with somebody how do you help them what are the components of it
1: Yeah so it there I mean there's there's a couple but I can I can summarize it pretty nicely that usually Uh, there's, there's entry points. So I always say there is kind of your, your mindset, your emotions, and your energy. Those kind of really, those three go really well together. So really around a resilience, emotional intelligence, and, and truly what, what I coined the vitality quotient, like that is how you manage your energy, uh, build the capacity to actually use that energy and and then there's the the kind of resilient mindset that you can leverage in order to do those really effectively and so it re, depending on where people, are, are coming in, like I, I will regularly find that there are, like I said, great leaders who are practicing emotional intelligence, but are leaning so heavy to wanting to support people that they actually are, are missing the accountability piece. That great leadership isn't about carrying people through challenge. It's about challenging people up. To face that challenge, and then having their back, and so that you know that's one of those elements. Versus, if it really is coming from the vitality side, that is, how are you? If you can't take the stress out of your work, how are you creating the practices to disperse and absorb that stress more effectively? And like so, you, you said you've got a personal trainer and nutrition. Like we think of, we think of relaxation, and we and we think of of exercise, but connection is is hugely important and and another piece of that is like exploration believe it or not like those hobbies or learning something new or doing something novel getting outside and and appreciating the beauty of a of a sunrise right now i've got this this little family of raccoons, and there's these five little baby raccoons. I can lose a solid hour and a half of my morning with a coffee just walk and I've been watching them learn to climb and, and mimicking yeah. what they're you know, I, 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 I assume it's mama, I'm not sure, but uh, it's been fascinating and it actually is one of those things that refuels me. So it sounds, it sounds so so insignificant, but recognizing what are the pieces that allow us to kind of work in a high energy environment continuously comes yeah. down to how we do it. So so it's, there's not a single factor, but it's more of recognizing what's the piece that is leaving you. I would say if you go to bed tired, but you wake up ready to take on the day we're in the right zone. If you go to bed depleted and you wake up dreading the day ahead of you, that's where we're in trouble. And so yeah. what's creating that trouble. That's where we'll start working.
0: I think that's a great point. That's a great point. I could have loved to have this conversation seven years ago with <laughs> you. Because <laughs> I again I, I was not a great manager. I was not a great leader. And it took a, you know, I finally started figuring out I did get coaching, believe it or yeah. not. I hired a coach to help me and, um, you know, helping keeping, you know, that that whole accountability yeah. process is like tough love yes. and a lot of cases. It's hard. And I, I would just give them toughness you know, yeah. or I'd give them love, but I wouldn't give them that tough love. Yeah. And and when I finally figured that out, things got so much better for them, got so much better for me. And it made a big, big difference.
1: Absolutely. Um, well, and pe- the, you know, I, the three biggest core drivers of stress for people are workloads. And that may be actual tasks to be completed or new learning and change that needs to be taken on. But, but workloads, difficult people. So it may be mm-hmm. your boss, it may be your colleagues, it may be your employees, like diff- those difficult relationships, and then how to balance personal and professional lives. How do you yeah. integrate them, find harmony, find find a balance between them. those three are, are there. And so depending on what that piece is, I, I'm again and again, the difficult people, oh, Emotional intelligence is challenging because people are challenging. But when you find a way, you find that sweet spot and and you see people step into something that they didn't believe they were able to do. That's why people love leadership. It's just the fact that there's a whole bunch of hard yeah. stuff that we don't get to see that stuff all the time as often as we would like. But but when we're able to do that uh, and see businesses grow and and see customers taken care of in the way that we kind of, which is why we got into something, that's that's the beauty of it.
0: Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. Yeah, when you, when you see that, I was uh, interviewing somebody who's an operations manager of a very large car wash in Northern Colorado and they had this Christmas party and one year, what they decided to do was just have a few employees get up and say, you know, what did they learn this year? Yep. And and how, you know, and in the stories it's, that came out, uh, it's the best, the opportunity that they were given and what they were able to do, just like blew everybody away. Yes. And this is in a room of maybe 150 and, and t- you know, 200 employees. And so as a result of this, this operations manager created this leadership worth following, Oh, I uh, love that. you know, organization and, and, and working with other operations managers to really kind of fuel leadership and realizing that leadership is just not about being able to process cars. Right. It's about how do we develop these people yes. to, to re- realize their dreams and their goals yes.
1: and get better at what they do. And that's the fulfilling. Like the, that's why we do the hard stuff in order. And when people, when it's, it's a gift, to the leader, to recognize that they have that type of impact and influence on people if they give themselves and the other person a chance to actually fulfill it.
0: Yeah. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. Well, Sarah, this is great stuff. I mean, we can go on for hours (laughs) and hours and I just, I I love, I personally love talking about it. And I think our audience will love hearing about this, but if, if people want to get a hold of you, you do a lot of things, you do corporate events, you do keynotes, you help individuals. Yes. I do the oh, whole don't. gamut.
1: The easiest yeah. way to to get a hold of me uh, if you go to my website it's www.sarra s a r a j ross r o s and you can see all my social media stuff there but I'm pretty active on LinkedIn and though I tried not to be I have been shoved into it and I'm starting to enjoy it. <laughs> I'm pretty I'm starting to get pretty active on uh, on oh, Instagram God. as well.
0: Good, good. I'm glad. I, I, I'm, I need to get into it. I haven't done it either. So maybe I'll,
1: <laughs> I went begrudgingly, just to let you yeah. know.
0: <laughs> okay, good. Well, that's, that's the same mindset that I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm going into it with. But, uh, well, hopefully you'll come back and, Absolutely. you know, may, may, maybe in 2021, we'll hear you at the ICA show. I'm I know. invite you to come back and I'd love to, you know, meet you in person and hear what you have to say to the group. So.
1: Great. Well, thank you. Thank you for inviting me and giving me a chance to share this uh, with your audience.
0: Yeah, thanks so much. We appreciate it. So thanks for listening to this episode of Car Wash the Podcast. And uh, you can go to the carwashmagazine.org website and you'll find all the podcasts there or wherever you listen to podcasts. And for David Begin and Sarah Ross, thanks so much for joining us. We'll catch you next time on Car Wash the Podcast.
1: Car Wash the podcast is your source for real stories and real business insights from the experts, both in and out of the car wash industry. Our show helps investors, owners, operators, and managers think about ways to enhance their business. Our podcast is a free on-demand audio program that provides information on the latest trends impacting the industry, tips from successful industry leaders, and inspiration for our listeners.